Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I was recently in the presence of a good friend. She's a new friend, but she has had a profound effect on me. Her name's Bridget, and she's a Reiki practitioner and wellness coach, and I've been seeing her regularly for several months. And she's been a significant part of my journey lately. And so yesterday, I was inside her space, sharing some intentions with her before she began working on me. And we were talking about my writing and my work, and I was waffling around about this and that, trying to condense and and distill my words enough to make any sense. (laughs) And she looked at me and she said, so what is true for you? What is the most important? And I looked back at her and smiled and, and I hate those questions, damn it. I waited and waited for the distilled answer because of course there's so many important things. There's so many things that are true all at the same time. And so my first jump at an answer was that I can't answer that. But then I waited and something emerged, something that is true and that is the basis of my work. In the winter of the year I turned 28, I lived in the Midwest and was in graduate school. And it also happened to be the year that Benjamin died. And I remember being in a pizza parlor. Those of you who know Champaign, Illinois, it's Jupiter's and they have the best pizza as I can remember. Anyway, I was there with E, who you know all about if you listen to this podcast regularly. And that night she gave me a word. She asked me if I knew the word understory and if I knew what it meant. I didn't. She smiled. I think she knew it was going to be my word. She leaned in and told me the definition, and I felt the lightning, you know, the electricity that happens when something aligns. Coincidentally, Bridget told me the same morning that she asked what is true for me, that there's a whole scientific reason that lightning zigzags instead of travels in a straight line. The reason this is metaphorically important to me is that the night E gave me the word understory, I put the word and its electricity in my pocket for later, knowing it wasn't time, but also knowing that it was my word and the time would come and that it would zigzag back to me. The definition of the word understory is if a tree dies and falls in the forest, eventually the dark, dense material begins to summon new growth. The tiny green life that springs from the forest floor after such an event is called the understory. It is hope and vitality that comes directly from the dark. So when I eventually answered Bridget about what is true for me, 
I said this. I think the dark informs the light and the light informs the dark. We need to recognize both inside ourselves and inside of what happens to us if we want to thrive and experience all the parts of being human. I believe out of our hardest things, the things that feel like they will kill us, can come the fresh growth of hope and resilience. It's the cycle and it's the promise. We cannot ignore the dark and only point to the light. But we also can't dwell in the dark to such an extent that we don't allow ourselves to harness our strength and connection to others. The balance of dark and light, which is the cycle and the gift of the understory, both actually and metaphorically, is always what's true for me. It's found in every podcast somehow. I look for this in my marriage, my parenting, my friendships, and even my cooking. It feels like why I am here to remind us of that. And it's my life's work. We have the grand ability to emerge, all of us. We are and we can. Sometimes the tiny green shoots of tender new growth take time to appear. Sometimes the periods of incubation and darkness are long and they can feel hopeless. We have to let them be the way they are so hard until they are not anymore and something shifts. We cannot rush the cycle because it's, it's got its own timing and we are part witness to that cycle and then part pull up our bootstraps and do something about it. It's not only about our will to thrive. The cycle itself has its rhythms too. The cycle has its own bloodline. Sometimes a death of something isn't a heartbreak or a loss or even a tragedy. Sometimes a death can just be a change. Most of us are afraid of change or at least uneasy about it. Even when it has the potential to be glorious, most of us prefer to vibrate at the same frequency because we know it and because the risk of failure feels too great of a price. The gift of the understory is the ability to sit and breathe in the dark and the hope and the restoration that is coming. It is layer upon layer of trust even when you're being crushed by something big or small, even when the thing that you love the most or the person that you love the most is coming to an end somehow and in some form. When E gave me the word, of course, I was experiencing the most pain-filled actual death and loss of my life. Benjamin had just died and there was no, no green growth in sight. The only things I saw were cigarettes and alcohol and personal torment and day upon day of longing, sadness, and despair. I was in a foxhole. But even then, I knew there was electricity in the word for me. I knew, even though it was only intellectually, that the process was going to be holy. Of course, there have been a million little deaths and births since that one. 
And so it has become a way of being, no matter what I'm facing. It's now part of me. Maybe it's all of me now. It's in everything I do and everything I write, thank goodness, because I keep needing its lesson, the understory lesson in all its forms, and I keep finding new ones. Recently, one of my dear friends was angry with me or done with me. I'm not sure which. I don't know why. But I know that this is not the first time this has happened to me. I can be a lot as a friend. I am deep and wide and honest and not interested in small talk. And sometimes that's too much. And people need something lighter than me. Or sometimes I overspeak or overanalyze or overadvise or something. I am not a perfect friend, but I am definitely a well-intentioned one. And so I've lost a few nights of sleep about this because I don't know what I've done. So I'm waiting a little, and then I will gingerly approach her with heart and hands and a desire to sit down and look at each other. I long for transparency, and I think she does too. But even before I know what will happen, I already know there is an understory cycle here at work. Something has died. Something will die. And the green growth that will spring from this time is hopefully a new respect and a way of communicating that will be even richer for our friendship. That's my wish with all of my bones. But I also know that it may be a different outcome. I know deep down that I'm not for everyone and that my too muchness is sometimes unwelcome and overwhelming. And we are in a time right now where people need to choose and preserve what is helping them thrive. And I really do believe that means we have to prune. So if I have to die off, so to speak, for her to find a deeper sense of truth and self, then I will be so sad and it will be such a loss for me. But what if it's better for her? That part is true for me. That realization, the cycles of the understory cannot just be true when they work out for us or what we think is working out. They have to be honored. The cycles have to be honored even when we do not understand the deaths and even when they feel misaligned to what we want. It's harder, of course, to practice hope when we feel we're being rejected and especially when we do not understand why. So we wait And we watch the underneath of the forest. We hold on to our practice, our breath, and our guides. We make ourselves available for conversation and for other points of view. And we wait for the occurrence of the green. And we trust that sometimes things can take more time than we want them to. And we do love our immediacy, don't we? Imagine, what if we measured our success not by what we have acquired and accumulated, but instead, what if we measured our success by the safety and trust to be ourselves fully while also allowing others to be too? And speaking of change being in the form of death, 
we have decided to move Otis into another school. And it's been a labored decision and one that Matt and I have talked about for many days. And the reasoning for us to do this is complicated and has many parts to it that I won't get into here. But when we told him, because Otis is only six, we tried to keep it really simple. But it's feeling abrupt and incomplete to him because he doesn't know all the underneath of our decision. And so he's pretty upset with us. And this morning, he and I were the only ones up pretty early, and he started in with another round of bargaining and about why he shouldn't have to move schools. And he glared at me, and some some of this, mind you, is theater, but some of it is real feelings. He glared at me and said, I bet this new school doesn't celebrate birthdays. And I laughed inside, but I nodded very solemnly, like I completely understood And I said, well, I think the new school probably has some pretty special birthday traditions too. I tell you what, let me email the school today and try to find out what they do for birthdays. And then he said, well, if you want me to be grumpy forever and have a sad life, I guess I will go to this new school. And so I said, well, buddy, let's make a deal. You try on this new school for the second half of this year, and let's keep an open conversation about it, and we can reevaluate at the end of the school year, and if you feel sad and worried and grumpy and like you have a sad life all the time, you do not have to go. Sound good? And he looked at me for a really long time without, without speaking, kind of glaring, and then he said, well... I'm sure I'll like it sometimes and be excited about some of the things. So maybe I can just go to the new school every other week. (laughs) Of course, I know he is feeling the death of change, the death of what he knows is being traded for the possibility of what he doesn't know yet. So the known is being traded for the unknown. Even When it's bound to be magical, it's so hard to be on that precipice. It's hard enough to be doing that as adults and to put ourselves into new situations and friendships, partnerships, careers, and more. But as a six-year-old, it's almost impossible to foresee and trust the green that is coming. Because what we know, even if it's mediocre or bad is often more safe or at least safe feeling than the beautiful things we don't know yet. That is why that is why it's hard to sit in the dark and breathe. But that of course is the practice. So back to the word the understory to be able to sit in the dark until there is an emergence of growth and light and then do it again for the rest of your life. (laughs) Never arriving, but always at a different place in the cycle. Resilience, restoration, renewal, and we do it again. And then we do it again. And we do it on micro levels and on macro levels. And the practice prepares us for what is coming and what has already leveled us. And so I want to share something with you. Upon this word, I have built a course. And I want to tell you about this course because I think it might be perfect for some of you at this point in your life. And you may haven't heard about it yet. 
I haven't taught a course or a class or really taught anything except telling these stories in this podcast in almost three years, and it feels like time. So beginning on February 2nd and going through April 27th, I am teaching a virtual course that you can do in the comfort of your own home called The Understory. And it will be every Thursday for 13 Thursdays from 6 to 9 p.m. And within those three hours, I will teach you yoga, meditation, and tell stories that are based on resilience, building new habits, and identifying how you can thrive. You will get strong and supple in your body, clear and calm in your brain, and inspired creatively to attend to your highest dreams. This course is not a teacher training. I design the curriculum to support seekers and people who wish for sacred practice, stronger bodies, and a clear path to design their dreams. It is for practitioners who do not want to skim the surface and opt for easy hacks, but are willing to go to the forest floor and learn to breathe. This course will make a foundation for a lifetime of practice, wellness, and ritual. Each Thursday will be wrapped around a different ingredient or theme, similar to how each drop of this podcast focuses on something different. I will help you explore that theme through yoga, meditation, contemplation, mythology, and community. And there will be a link in the show notes on how to register. And there is a limited number of people I will take. So if you would like to sign up, don't wait. I want to close with these thoughts. You are almost certainly in the middle of an understory cycle. You may be experiencing a death of some sort, or you may be in the renewal or restoration process, or you may have several stories going on at once, which is the usual for most of us. Wherever you find yourself today, you can count on that changing and evolving as you go. And the more that we remember that, the easier being human is to navigate. It will all shift underneath your feet. The light will become dark again and the dark will become light again. And most of the time, we experience a swirl of both. The key is to breathe through it all and honor it all, no matter the intensity of the moment. Because if we do, then we take on the qualities of the seasons of nature. Each season is essential in its own right. So I am sending you incredible patience today, no matter how close to the ground you are, because all the parts of the cycle will benefit from slower breath. Just keep repeating, I belong here. I belong here. I belong here. Give yourself back to yourself over and over again. Much love to all of you. If you are enjoying this podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can find out how to do that on the show notes. Uh, this is a two-person operation. We're, we're small-town grassroots, and um, we really, really appreciate your support and helping us keep the lights on. Thanks so much, everybody. Blessings. Blessings.